Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits. I know there's so much information out there, so I'm bringing on expert guests and sharing my own experiences to help you sift through all the wellness stuff without the BS. Enjoy the show. This episode is brought to you by De La Vie Skincare. And okay, I'm very excited about this. And I want to give you guys the backstory to De La Vie Skincare and to this episode. So De La Vie was co-founded by Dr. David Sinclair. I know a lot of you are familiar with him. He is a professor in the Department of Genetics and co-director of the Paul F. Glenn Center for Biology of Aging Research at Harvard Medical School. I know a lot of people are familiar with his work. He has a book called Lifespan. He also has the Lifespan podcast. He's really at the forefront of a lot of anti-aging research and breakthroughs. And he co-founded a skincare company called De La Vie. The president of the skincare company is my guest today, Dr. Kyle Landry. So he was recruited by Dr. Sinclair to do postdoctoral research focused on extremophiles. So extremophiles are organisms that prevent and reverse aging. And they did this research at Harvard Medical School. And then together, they initiated a partnership with government space agencies to address concerns associated with long duration space travel. So doing this, they were able to obtain access to novel extremophiles, one of which was developed into Bacillus lysate. We talk a lot about that in today's episode. And thus, they created De La Vie Sciences with the goal of tackling common skin concerns, particularly aging. So this is a fascinating episode on so many levels. Dr. Landry has a background in food science and molecular biology. So we do talk a lot about nutrition and lifestyle and how that affects us both internally and externally. But we also kind of get into the nitty gritty of this research. And he has such a gift for kind of conveying these scientific concepts and the terminology and how it all works in a way that's really easy to understand and to digest. So we talk about how and why skin ages. We talk about their groundbreaking research and the introduction of bacillus lysate into skincare. We talk about how it helps our bodies to become more efficient at anti-aging. We talk about, like I said, how food and lifestyle choices affect our skin. We talk about the importance of gut health in our overall well-being and so much more. And I have to say that I have been using De La Vie. They have this incredible serum and I am using it on my face, but also on my chest and my hands. And I got Chuck into it as well. He's like asking how we can order tubs of it because we both basically want to bathe in it. And I know that you guys are going to want to get on this too. So they were very generous to give us a code to use and you can get 25% off your order. So you can go to com 
and use the promo code BLONDE at checkout to get 25% off. So that's DeLaVie, D-E-L-A-V-I-E, sciences.com. The promo code is BLONDE at checkout to receive 25% off your order. And we will also link it below so that you guys can access it easily. And I can't wait for you to hear this episode. I know you are going to love it. So please enjoy Dr. Kyle Landry. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. You were just telling me a little bit off mic about the trajectory of your career and how you came to do what you're doing now. And it sounded fascinating. So I think maybe let's start there. I'll just have you introduce yourself to the audience and Mm -hmm. tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do. Perfect. Hi, I'm Kyle Landry. I'm the president of Dale Sciences. My original background is all in food science. So I have a bachelor's, master's, PhD in food science. And I started working in the area of molecular biology and and enzymes that repair DNA from organisms that come from extreme environments. So things that grow at 55 degrees centigrade, so say like 130 Fahrenheit, all the way to things that grow in very acidic or caustic environments. And, you know, when I graduated, I ended up going to Harvard Medical School with David Sinclair, and he was very interested in my research with extremophiles. Because if you look at his research, he's all about extending lifespan and longevity and activating enzymes that repair DNA. So the thought process is, how can these extreme organisms survive in these extreme environments and not, you know, have significant mutations, not develop, I guess, a type of cancer per se? So he's really interested in those enzymes. We made a few cool discoveries from extremophiles. And that brought us down to working with NASA and Caltech and the Jet Propulsion Labs because they had an issue on the space station that we thought we could solve with extremophiles. And they happened to say, hey, we have these cool organisms that we've researched on the space station. Can you use them for anything? And that actually is what's bringing us here today is how we've successfully incorporated organisms that were researched aboard and outside of the International Space Station into a skin product line, a longevity line. And the science behind it is really, really cool. And you would never connect the dots. Until today. You're going to connect the dots for us. I'm smiling because this is my favorite subject. I mean, I talk about beauty and Mm -hmm. kind of anti-aging things externally that we can do, but I'm really fascinated, as I know my audience is, by the science and what can we actually do at a cellular level. So I want to rewind a little bit. I know that Dr. Sinclair's philosophy about aging is that it's not a natural consequence, right? Mm -hmm. It's a disease that we can halt or we can reverse. Is that your standpoint as well? Yeah. So a lot of the things that trigger or promote aging, and and for this, I'll talk about things you see, topical applications. Mm -hmm. You know, UVB, UVA radiation from the sun is a main trigger that leads to a lot of age, age, aging issues for the skin, whether it's sunspots or wrinkles. And You know, there are mechanisms in our body that naturally can protect ourselves from those things. But as we age and as they become less efficient, you know, they slow down and they become less efficient from constant exposure, which is why sunscreen is very, very important. You know, that's the first line of defense. But they also slow down because of other things that impact our epigenetics. So so things in the environment, what we eat, how we sleep, how we exercise, things we're exposed to how it affects the expression of genes in our body. So what's interesting about skincare is that everything is a topical application and things like hyaluronic acid, for example, they they are great in theory, but the main limitation with that is they have to penetrate. They have to enter the skin in order to to function, to to bind moisture in the cellular matrix in between the epidermis and the dermis layer. So how do you get them in there? And that, you know, they have a whole host of different hyaluronic acids from very short to very, very long. But to David's thought process where we can have our bodies kind of reverse and get more efficient is, is what really connected our ingredient from space to the skincare because we found that the ingredient actually turns on your body's natural mechanism for producing hyaluronic acid. So this is an example where we're enhancing the skin at a cellular level instead of adding something topically and hoping that it sticks around for a while. Mm -hmm. So we, we take that thought process as something that we can 
I don't want to say biohack the body, but basically it's biohacking where we make the body more efficient at producing or certain things that enhance the, the skin at this level. So his philosophy is baked into the company. I mean, he's a co-founder. He co-founded this company. I worked with him for many years and that's ingrained in my mindset. So when we go to skincare, we're looking at how do we biohack the skin to give you the best skin possible. So that's the that's the the premise there. Do you use it? I'm looking at your skin I, right now. <laughs> you, you look yeah. there. You have amazing skin. Oh, well, thank Very you. Beautiful. I do use it. How that's, old are you? I'm 35. Okay. So that helps a little bit. <laughs> but I, I use the product, and you know, at 35 years old, you may say, "Why do I need this?" You know, what's going on? Oh. But things you, start falling after 32. Well, t- tell me about <laughs> it. I mean, talk to my knees and hips. Those things are on the way out. But the what I noticed right away in you know, previously I've always used sun, sunscreen and I use moisturizer and I do use a face wash. Serums I think are great because at least for a guy from my perspective, it's something I can put on quick. I don't have any greasy effects and I can use it multiple times during the day and it's small. I can carry it around if needed. But when I was using this product, I was like, wow, I noticed hydration and plumpness right away. And at 35, I was like, you know, maybe, maybe I'll just notice a little bit, but it was actually pretty dramatic. And David's used it and, and David's tried a whole host of different products. You know, everyone's trying to get his insight mm-hmm. and he's like this stuff, you know, he can't, he can't keep it away from his family or even people in his lab mm-hmm. that use it. But yeah, I use it in the morning and at night. I use it during the, in the office too, when we're uh, just messing around. I'm like, oh, you know, I need to hydrate today. Uh-huh. Can you use it on the body as well? You can, you can. So this is something actually we're working on now is we have the serum, which is for the face, which features bacillus lysate, the ingredient. Mm-hmm. That what is it, bacillus lysate? Okay. Let's per, get into it. Let's just get into it. Yes. So the backstory with bacillus lysate is in the early 2000s, an organism was isolated in a NASA clean room that had amazing properties. It could survive UV uh, decontamination. It could survive a whole bunch of different things. So the researchers were thinking, hey, can it survive space? So they sent it up to the space station and put it outside of the space station for 18 months. And when it came back down, it survived and was able to grow. And the properties that made it so special were enhanced. So it forced almost directed evolution for the organism to have these properties that are beneficial. And JPL put it on a shelf. So like I said before, we were working with NASA and Jet Propulsion Labs, and they brought this up as something that, you know, they thought we should look at. And the minute I saw it and I looked at the data, I was like, this would be great for skincare, not only for sun protection, but potentially other longevity type applications. So bacillus lysate is a natural extract formed from this organism that was researched on the space station. So it is patented. The organism and its applications are patented. It's certified space technology by the Space Foundation because it was actually researched by astronauts on the space station. Mm -hmm. And this is something we have manufactured in scale in France. So they grow it in 5,000 liter bioreactors and give it to us to formulate in our products. So why is it so special? Well, the first thing we looked at was its ability to block and absorb UV radiation. And why that's so The first, well, I should say the first line there is because in space, you're bombarded by radiation all the time. And somehow this organism survived. So was it, did it have something to protect the DNA? Did it produce enzymes that repaired the DNA really quick? We want to start looking at it. And the bacillus lysate has great absorbing properties for UVA, UVB, UVC. So we said, wow. This is something we can incorporate into sunscreen, into skincare to help protect yourself from, you know, sun-related damage like free radicals that form from UVA exposure, which is one of the main things that leads to wrinkles and dark spots. So that started and we were making great progress. And then David goes, what about longevity in terms of things that can activate? So we went in the war room per se, and we thought about all these cool things to test. So the first thing we looked at was sirtuins. Now, sirtuins are an ancient primitive enzyme that are upregulated in stress to help repair DNA and make you more efficient. David's known for that. His whole research is around sirtuins and resveratrol. So that was the first place to start. And we found that bacillus lysate upregulated SIRT1 
just as effectively as resveratrol, which is huge because everyone is like, resveratrol is great, mm -hmm. this and that. <laughs> well, now we have something from space that does it just as effective and it's small enough to be absorbed through the skin. The next thing we looked at was hyaluronic acid. And we're like, okay, hyaluronic acid is a really, I don't want to say trending ingredient. It's always known. Everyone knows about it. But let's see if it actually turns on the genes and upregulates natural hyaluronic acid production. And we found it increases it by over 200%, which is amazing in tissue culture studies. The next thing we looked at was antioxidant capability. Now, being a food scientist, antioxidants are always up my alley. And, you know, I had a few ideas to do. And one of them was UVA-induced free radicals. And this is something we all get exposed to all the time when you're out here in the L.A. sun. Mm -hmm. You're walking around, you get hit by UVA. And even though, you know, you don't get burnt, it's still causing free radical chemistry in your, in your skin. So we looked at Bacillus lysate's ability to do this. And it does. It, it blocks and, and prevents free radical formation, both um, just random free radicals, but also some that are stimulated by UVA. Mm -hmm. So Dave and I are like, wow, this stuff is really cool. You know, sunscreens are great, but let's now combine it with other active ingredients. So we went back to the war room and said, David, what can we do? So we have resveratrol, we have some B vitamins, and all of these formulations are designed to synergistically enhance the active ingredient, Bacillus lysate. Mm -hmm. So we're not just mixing things in there for buzzwords. It, we, you know, we're showing it in tissue culture studies, vitro studies, and then the clinical studies in general. Mm -hmm. I feel like I need to bathe in this because I talk about this a lot on my podcast, but I grew up in a time when it was cool to be as tan as humanly possible. And that's not trendy anymore. And I'm like, I'm so jealous of Gen Z and everybody because like growing up in New England, especially we were in the tanning booth every day during the winter, you know, and it was, and that was the lifestyle kind of for a lot of us, not everybody. Mm -hmm. And now in my later mid thirties, I'm kind of dealing with the ramifications of that. And I've always been curious about like, okay, I know what to do now. I'm diligent about sun protection. Thank God for lasers and everything that I can do what I can topically. But is there a way to actually reverse that? Yeah. So I don't want to say you can reverse all that damage, mm -hmm. but you can almost stop it in its tracks per se. Now you can help with hydration and plumping, which will get rid of some of the wrinkles you can get rid of dark spots and hyperpigmentation mm -hmm. with certain products. You know, our product, believe it or not, reduces hyperpigmentation by 46, 50%. And this wasn't designed on purpose. This actually fell out of the clinical trial results. And this is an example of reversing it. And that's why I want to cover it. So we did about a 70 person clinical trial study, some in LA, some in New York. And all of the subjects with dark skin who are, you know, suffer from hyperpigmentation or unevenness came to us and said, hey, can I tell you something? And I was there in the, the studio. We did it right here in Studio City. And I was like, yeah, sure. Come on over. And they go, you know, your product's not formulated or advertised to do any of this, but, you know, it's, it's significantly impacting the hyperpigmentation and tone of my skin. And I was like, really? And they said... People are coming up to me saying, what are you doing with your skin? Because it's all balanced out and the dark spots and aid spots are going away. So we have this clinical data and I was like, okay, we have to understand the mechanism, like what's going on. So we went back and we started very simple. We looked at the enzymes that polymerize the melanoidin compounds to, to give you pigments and we inhibited that enzyme. Now, you may think, well, that's bad. You know, I don't want, I need melanin. I want to protect it. These are overexpressing cells. These are things where they mirror that of age spots where, you know, that part's damaged and it's overexpressed. So we inhibited the enzymes that are linked to this. And then we went to the next step and looked at overexpressing melanocytes or tissue culture cells that have these in there. And we reduced the overexpression by 46%. And wow. so we were able to show scientifically why and how all the darker skinned clinical subjects were reporting this to us. And these were two separate sites that were claiming this. Wow. So that's an example where 
we're reversing it by, you know, kind of slowing down the overexpressing or, or semi-damaged things. Mm -hmm. And then if you turn on DNA repair enzymes and things of that nature, you may start actually reversing some of those effects mm -hmm. over time. When you talk about turning on DNA repair mm -hmm. enzymes, is there ever going to be a time when you think that you can return that cell to its original state? Will we ever be able to make our skin like baby skin again by, by doing something at a cellular level like that? So, you know, I can say right away, if you want to go to one extreme, you could do reprogram stem cells, right? Reprogramming stem cells is something that's a trend. Everyone likes to get those, mm -hmm. and in those work by putting in stem cells that are that can form the tissues that are effective and don't have the mud or dirt attached to you know 30, 40, 50 years of UV exposure. On the other hand, you know if you're more into pro aging, where you don't necessarily want to replace your tissues, you're comfortable with your skin you're comfortable with your body and you just want to make it as effective and efficient as possible, that's the other side. And that's where diet, exercise, topical applications to maximize hydration, moisture, and repair are there. Mm -hmm. So you can technically reprogram using the most complicated and complex thing possible, but I don't want to say everyone can do it because that's available to a very small subset class. Mm -hmm. And most people I don't think want to reprogram their, their skin, right? Most people are comfortable with it. I'm on the, the side where I want to formulate products and make ingredients that help people in their own skin. I, mm -hmm. I don't like the idea of people saying, I hate my skin. I wish mm -hmm. I didn't have it. I like the idea of people saying, wow, something is obviously missing to make my skin happen this way or, or act that way. And instead of treating or putting a Band-Aid on it by not addressing the root cause, it kind of forces that notion. People will try all different things, acne medicine, this and that, and it doesn't get to the point where they want and they get fed up with it. Most of those products, they, they treat the, the, the symptom, right? There's an underlining issue, whether it's microbiome, bad diet with oils, food allergies, you know, so that, that's what I want to focus on and go mm -hmm. to. So I make products and, and we make products in general that give people that option mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, we're not telling you you need new skin. We're not trying to treat something. We're giving you the ingredients and the products that hopefully will make your skin efficient and effective and be as healthy as possible. Mm -hmm. So you have that background in food mm -hmm. science. I would imagine that really enhances what you're doing now because you understand at a molecular level, right, what mm -hmm. food and other lifestyle things are doing and how they're expressing in our skin, I would imagine. So can you tell us a little bit about that? You mentioned lifestyle, diet, exercise, all of these things are going to determine ultimately, right, what we look like externally in addition to things like UV exposure, mm -hmm. genetics has a huge role in it. But can you explain some of yeah, that? Yeah. So a lot of things in like most people don't think of food and skin. Most people think of the only connection that most people have is if I eat a lot of French fries, my skin becomes oily. I get pimples, I treat it, and then I get scars and I'm done. But a lot of compounds like vitamin C, for example, that you can get from your diet ends up migrating to the skin and acting as an antioxidant, right, at that level. So focusing on things with high pigments, like carrots, obviously, is, is one where it goes to the skin. And, you know, they always say if you eat too much, you turn orange. But that is a natural antioxidant, like carotenoids, the, the pigment, that helps sequester free radicals that are formed from UV exposure. Same thing, you know, oranges and the vitamin C, it all goes there for the, the same thing. Vitamin D is another example. You know, you need that in the diet. You need the precursors. Vitamin A, same thing. All of these ingredients that I just said, right? Vitamin A, vitamin C, carotenoids, you can get them from your diet and they can migrate to the skin. But people don't think about that. They think, let me just topically put it on. Mm -hmm. But if you hit it from both ends, right, instead of doing one thing, you say, okay, I'm going to change my diet, which is internal benefits, and then I'm going to do the topical application, which is external. It's the best of both worlds. Now, mm -hmm. obviously, it's not all that efficient, and it's not, you know, one thing doesn't help with, any, with everyone. But being conscious of that type of thought process, that what you eat 
affects not only your gut, but your skin and your hair and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And the food is very interesting. Pomegranates are a great example. Loaded with antioxidants, loaded with polyphenols, which are, you know, similar antioxidants. But these things all help prevent free radical chemistry in the body. And it helps with fiber as well, the seeds and things of that nature to help the gut. And one thing that I found when talking to people is that, you know, if they're busted, and I say busted as they have gut issues, they have skin issues, they have hair issues, they have eye issues, they have nail issues, you know, they, they always focus on that. But if you start changing your diet and you, you feel better, you have a little more energy, your gut's not as bloated, you start looking at the positive sides of things and then you start noticing, wow, my skin is getting better, my hair is getting better. And I don't want to say it's like a placebo effect, but you are aware of how your diet impacts everything. Mm-hmm. And then that will help you when you use topical products mm-hmm. and, and skincare. Mm-hmm. I hate the fact of hiding things. Like, I don't want you to hide your skin. Like, you know, I want you to show your skin off, but you have to make it as as efficient as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, over the summer, I really experienced firsthand the effect that like gut dysbiosis can have on skin because I've never really struggled with acne or anything like that. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, it erupted and I did all the topical things. I mean, down to like filtering the shower water and trying different shampoo and conditioner. And I was changing my diet at the same time and throwing every kind of prescription skincare, everything you could think of. And it only got angrier until I then kind of found what was at the root of it. But I think that like that happens to so many people on such a lesser level and they just don't really make the connection, you know? Yeah. I listen, I, what you're saying resonates with me and that's my thought process. And, you know, most, most companies create products to treat the symptoms and they don't treat the underlying disease because they want to sell more products, right? Like, Mm -hmm you know, take these gas pills instead of adjusting your pro, you know, pre and probiotics to help change it. And then you're always doing that and you're still not addressing the underlying cause. You're masking it. Same thing with skincare, same application. You know, the serum we have is designed and formulated to enhance your skin naturally, not, you know, cover it up, not temporarily make it moist and then have it go away mm-hmm. because you're not actually telling your body to make more stuff or make it more effective or, or be better. It's just throwing something on there like a Band-Aid. So the gut microbiome is actually a huge player in skincare, huge player in health in general. And I feel like we're just at the surface. I mean, a lot of research started with breast milk and the correlation between gut microbiome and uh, breast milk fed babies. And now it's shifted over just general well-being. And it's something you can't, something you can't ignore. Just mm-hmm. like the microbiome on your skin, it's the same thing. You know, whenever you travel, I travel a lot. And if you're in Europe, you know, you're exposed to different bacteria than if you're in Southeast Asia and here in LA versus Boston. And all of that affects your skin. And you may break out from travel. You may not break out from travel. And I highly doubt the first thing that comes in someone's mind is, oh, it must be my gut microbiome or my skin microbiome. <laughs> They're thinking, oh, it's oily, this and that, the food, this and that. It's very impactful. Mm-hmm. What are some other lifestyle factors? Well, you mentioned some foods that can help us. Are there mm-hmm. foods that actually can hurt us? I mean, you mentioned oils. I, I try not to like vilify any ingredient here, but yeah. I know that a lot of people are talking about seed oils mm-hmm. and kind of inflammatory foods. That, that's the main thing. Anything that triggers an inflammation response is something you want to minimize. So a lot of like oxidative products or things that can lead to free radical formation in the body. Now it's like a catch-22 because sometimes the ingredients themselves aren't necessarily the cause, but it could be a byproduct from microbial fermentation in your gut, right? There's benefits as well, like conjugated linoleic acid is from biofermentation in your gut. And that's a very helpful product or ingredient or even molecule that helps with inflammation. But at the same time, if you eat a food product that's a pro-irritant or that you have a, like a, a slight allergy to, you'll cause inflammation in your gut lining which causes a cascade effect that impacts other parts of the body that you may not actually connect the dots to. Mm-hmm. Processed food gets a bad rap. It's, 
it's hit or miss. Anything in moderation is fine. You know, you should know you don't have to eat five Twinkies a day, right? But mm-hmm. you can have one a month and be fine. Mm-hmm. But as long as you balance it out with fruits and vegetables and high fiber, it will help minimize the effect. And, and I, I give a great example. It's like, how can Honey Nut Cheerios help reduce the risk of heart disease? Does anyone know? Does anyone really think? You know, if you look into it, it's actually the fiber that helps trap and bind cholesterol and stuff like that so you don't actually absorb it. It's the same thing with other food components like like sugars, for example. Like fruits have tons of sugar in them, but why do fruits not get a bad rap when, you know, a lollipop has a bad rap? It all has to do with what's in it, like fiber, for example, that helps minimize and prevent that rapid absorption and maximum glycemic index. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say, you know, stay away from one type of oil versus another, but obviously unsaturated fats are a lot better than uh, saturated fats in that sense, but they're also more prone to oxidation. And if you have oxidized oils, you ingest free radicals. Mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately, you can't prevent that. You know, right. all the omegas can be oxidized just from light. Uh-huh. Yeah. What about glucose spikes? I think I feel like this is another kind of trendy thing right now where it's all about balancing your blood sugar. Mm-hmm. But can that show up in your skin and in accelerated aging if you're constantly kind of on this roller coaster? Yeah, it wears you out. So I, I'm not going to go into the nitty gritty cellular metabolism, but it basically turns things on, turns things off, turns things on, turns things off to the point where it starts wearing out and allowing uh, issues to occur at the cellular level, whether it's DNA issues or overexpression or over or underexpressing of certain proteins that then cause problems down the line, that's an issue. You always want to minimize glucose spikes in general, right? You want it to be as balanced as possible, but the skin does react to that. Now, it may not be the first thing that reacts right away, but it can react to that over time. So I'm not going to say it's a direct connection, but usually that is indicative of a lifestyle that is not ideal for skin health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is how it comes What up. about fasting? I know Dr. Sinclair is big on fasting and mm-hmm. he talks about your cells needing perceived adversity, right? Can you talk about that yeah, a little bit? So fasting actually connects to the sirtuin activation. Okay. So back in the day when we were living in caves, we weren't eating all the time, right? We, we would go some time eating back and then, and our body still had to be efficient and it had to protect itself. So when you fast, you actually upregulate those DNA repair enzymes and other housekeeping enzymes that make your body more efficient because it has to be. There's not a lot of energy around to, you know, pull from as needed. So your body has to become efficient at gaining energy, maintaining energy and using energy. And these housekeeping genes come on and they help repair DNA and and prevent laziness. Now in, you know, in today's society, we sit a lot, food's available all the time Mm -hmm. for us to eat at any second. There's no real reason for us to have, our body doesn't have to be efficient because it knows there's always a donut coming. Mm -hmm. There's always, there's basically. And it's encouraged, right? Eat every couple hours, have snacks and and never feel hunger. And and the, the minimized food products or the, the processed food products allow our body to gain that energy without any work. And what do I mean by that? If you eat fruits and vegetables, our body has to work to break it down. You have fiber, which helps control all these things. When you eat like a white piece of white bread, there's no effort there. So our body's lazy in terms of it just knows it has to, can absorb it, it can utilize it, it can move forward and there's no reason to be efficient. Fasting corrects that, and it's actually the only proven way to increase longevity right now is based on that. And those genes that turn on help your skin. I mean, people who fast and, and people who work, they just look different, right? They, they, they look like they have a little more energy to it. Mm-hmm. And turning on those genes, helping protect your, your DNA and repairing it all comes with that. And what's funny, you, you mentioned that, I mean, I mentioned earlier that the bacillus lysine serum helped turn on those genes, which is why it helps make your skin glow and make it, make it look different because you're doing that without necessarily, you know, fasting because mm-hmm. you're turning on those exact DNA repair enzymes. Right. 
Yeah. How do you think people's skin was hundreds of thousands or millions of years ago? Well, if they were if their bodies were more efficient, but they didn't have a very long lifespan, right? And they didn't yeah. have sun protection. Yeah, so we probably look like the California raisins, <laughs> is what I would what I would say. I mean, it kind of sounds great, like hunting, gathering. You know, you have community, but at the same time, <laughs> you go out and fight a world of mammoth and you die. You yeah, it's yeah. It I is, guess they had diff- different challenges. <laughs> different challenges from infection to hunting food. You uh-huh. know, it's a little different. What commonalities do you think people have who age better versus people who age not as well? I'll just give an example. My grandmother is 84 and she has three jobs as waitress at 84 years old. And one of them is in a nursing home where she serves people who are younger than her. And what she says is what, what, what keeps her going is always being active and, you know, not, I don't want to say not overeating, but being cautious of what you're doing. And, and I'm not going to lie, she'll eat a donut for breakfast, but the difference is she eats one donut and a black coffee and then she doesn't eat anything until lunch or even dinner. Mm-hmm. So that's an example where, okay, a donut in general is a negative food per se. People are like, oh, I don't want to eat that. But here's an example where you can eat it in moderation and not eat, you know, five donuts a day. The aging between people is, I think, is, is genetic. It, that's the main thing, right? Some people are just more efficient at repairing themselves, protecting themselves naturally. The second thing is lifestyle choice, being active, always thinking on your toes, keeping your mind active, all that impacts how you feel about yourself and your confidence and then how you want to move forward, right? You don't get in a negative spiral if you're confident, if you're thinking, wow, I'm doing this and you have something to look forward to. When you start being sedentary, slowing down, I think that's where you start getting issues and it actually accelerates it because you become less active. You tend to eat more. You tend to slow down. So you're, you're in, even though you think you're relaxing, oh, I've worked for so long, this and that, you're actually, you know, impacting your body mm-hmm. in a negative way, even though you think it's better because it's less stress. Mm-hmm. So like it, if you look at the channels, I don't want to say it's, it's clear because most people can't, you can't affect your genetics, right? It is what it is. If you're predisposed to Alzheimer's or heart disease, you're predisposed to that. But there are things you can do to minimize it. And it's just having the discipline to do that. Mm-hmm. Same thing with aging, right? If, you're, if you know you're aging, but you're like, okay, what can I do to minimize the effects of aging without being extreme, right? Like, okay, don't go in the sun for as long. Use sunscreen because I know that accelerates age spots, wrinkles, fine lines. Eat a lot of fiber. It's good. That's prebiotics for your gut. You know, and then you eat food that helps with probiotics in your gut you know, to be that system balanced. And then for, you know, your mind, just always do something, always think about something, whether mm-hmm. it's crosswords or just talking and socializing. I mean, there was just uh, the book that just came out, The Good Life, was just talking about how social interactions with people are one of the things that drive happiness and happiness leads to confidence in wanting to do things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not rocket science, yeah. but it's hard because it's discipline and just like skincare. You know, it's not rocket scientists, you need sunscreen. Right. But you need the discipline to use it. It's not rocket science that you're, if your skin is dried out, you need moisturizer, right? Or something like that. It's just having the discipline and, and knowledge to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I heard that there was some AI technology that can scan your face and determine your biological age. Have you heard about that? I haven't heard about the face scanning. I thought I, I, heard, I, I thought I heard Dr. Sinclair talking about it. I don't know about the face scanning, but there okay. are things you can look at through blood testing, like uh-huh. DNA methylation, certain genes turned on and off that can, that can really guide mm-hmm. for longevity. And you can track that. But what's interesting is skin aging, even though you would think, I would think that would be one of the first things to look at. Yes. That's because, what I was wondering. If you can kind of determine what's going on inside by looking at how your aging is presenting externally. And, and you know... I just want to say this because this is interesting. Everyone cares about longevity internal, right? They're talking about turning back the clock. Mm -hmm. But what would be more impactful than the longevity of your skin? Because that's what people see, right? And I think that's the, the interesting 
cross-section here between longevity and skincare is that skincare is the first line of defense to at least right now, hide your aging, right? Like mm-hmm. there's very little that actually can show and, and reverse it, you know, outside of some of our stuff. But, you know, targeting that and doing that first will give people the confidence, I believe, to then look at the systemic things of aging, right? Like if I if I worry about my liver and my liver is back to when I was 20 years old, that's great, whoop de doo mm-hmm. but I still have wrinkles <laughs> and I can go around and say, hey, my liver's great. <laughs> And they're like, wow, but you still look old, right? Right. But if you say, if you can hit the skin, actually make it more efficient and, you know, that's the confidence be like, okay, I have the outside. Now I want to work on the bot, my body. Cause I already know how great I look and how I feel. Let me see how I can feel naturally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, looking at skin for longevity, I, I see a few issues there. One, some of them could be medical conditions like oily skin, acne, things of that nature that you know aren't necessarily linked to longevity of the skin, but they could highlight underlying issues that would, could impact it later on. Fine lines and wrinkles, that's standard, right? I mean, if you do any clinical study with cosmetics, you look at those things for reversing, but no one looks at the impacts once you stop it. Right. And this is something we're thinking about doing here, because if we can cellularly impact the mechanisms of aging on the skin, you know, in theory, if we do it and, and we stop, and we're able to effectively, you know, I don't want to say reverse it, but minimize it. You should be able to go some time without having to reuse it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the holy grail. It's not good for selling product, obviously. Right. <laughs> but in my mind, working I, yourself out of a job. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm thinking, how can we actually improve at the cellular level? without using stem cells mm-hmm. to imp- improve it. What do you think most people get wrong about skincare? I think personally that people try to hide too many things. They try to cover things up. Mm-hmm. And I understand it's a presentation issue, right? Like if you have a blemish or, or you have something you're concerned with, you try to cover it, hide it, and mask it. I think people should be trying to address the underlying issues so skincare, you know, there's so many things you can do it's from cleansing, toners, essence, all the way to nighttime treatments. It's like, you know, you can use 35 products, but those 35 products may not be addressing the issues. And I find less is more. If you can find a product that you can habitually use without taking 35, 40, 50 minutes mm-hmm. that has some positive effects that you can track, don't worry about everything else. And start, you know, slow. Like most people are super excited to start with a whole treatment process. 20, you know, I don't want to say 20, but say four or five things in a row in a kit. Because companies are, are quick at pushing that. You know, you need to use X, Y, Z in order to get this result. My my skincare routine is 10 steps, wow. by the way. <laughs> wow. Wow. So that, how, long. Long that, how long does that take you? I'm just curious. Um, It depends. If I'm just trying to get through it, it takes me about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Because I'm doing the cleansing balm and then I'm doing the glycolic cleanser and then I'm doing the serums and then this and that. But if I try to like do it really slowly and mindfully, I can drag it out. My husband is like, what are you like? I don't understand. He'll be like, do you want to watch this show? I'm like, yeah, let me just do my skincare. An hour and a half later, he's like, I'm going to bed. Like, I don't know what you're doing. So have you ever tried, you know, stopping one or two things or going clean slate for like a week to let your skin reset and then just trying one thing to see how it works? No. And why not? I'm just curious why. You know, I think I had a little bit of like trauma after that acne thing that I went through this summer. My approach was kind of multifactorial in that I went on spironolactone because it was kind of around the jaw. So we thought it was Mm -hmm. hormonal, some gut stuff. And then I went on this skincare regimen that really like changed everything. So I've just been a little bit hesitant to make any changes because when you have skin issues, and I think everybody listening can relate, it really does affect your self-esteem and your confidence yeah. because to to your point earlier, it's the first thing that people see. So because of that, I'm like, I don't want to mess with it because, <laughs> yes, it's, it's time consuming and all of that, but also it, it's worked for me. Yeah. So, you know, that's finding something that works for you is great. But like I said, you know, hiding or minimizing things. Mm-hmm bombarding your skin over and over again with all these different things 
can eventually lead to sensitization of products. And people mm -hmm. have seen this, right? They've used a product for six months or something, all of a sudden there's an issue. And if you're using a, a whole step process, you don't know which one is doing it, right? right? You have no idea. So yeah. then you kind of like force your way through it <laughs> to a point where you have all these other issues. So with skincare, I would say less is more. Start with something very simple just to see how it works. And if you, you have acne issues or you move forward with that, look at some potential underlying things. What did I change? Mm -hmm. What did I, did I change my laundry detergent? Did I change my diet? You know, was what's going on? Have I been places? Don't necessarily think right away you have to bombard it with every type of thing possible. You know, just see what happens. Mm -hmm. But less is more in my opinion. And, and that's why like with our serum, right now it's, it's one thing. And we've actually had multiple people stop using you know, three, four additional products because they're like, I can use this and I have very similar results in five, five, mm -hmm. not even five minutes. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. That was going to be my next question is how do you use the serum in a skincare routine? Can you use it every day? Do you replace your vitamin C, your retinol, whatever else you're using? Because it sounds like it kind of does everything or it helps your skin to do everything. Yeah, it does. So, you know, the serum, you can use it after you cleanse your face. You can mm -hmm. apply it either with wet face or dry face. It doesn't matter. You put it on, it absorbs within a minute or two. It's not sticky. And then you can go on with your skincare after with a moisturizer and then finally with sunscreen. There's a lot of ingredients in there that you would know outside of the bacillus lysate, which is the one that really triggers all the internal things. There is vitamin C, there are some essential oils and extracts in there that you would be familiar with. But like I said, those are designed to work synergistically with the molecular benefits of the space ingredient. Mm -hmm. How else might you use that ingredient? I mean, is that something that people could ingest? Like what other applications might it have? Yeah. So right now we're coming out with other targeted things for under eye treatment, a general lotion, because like okay. you said, like you said, you know, you want to use it everywhere because, you know, the face is the main thing you see, mm -hmm. but you want all your body, your skin to be more efficient. So we're making more general body use products so you can push it throughout the whole thing. And then we have other ingredients too that we're creating. You know, I just want to say we're not a, a one trick pony here. We have multiple other patented proprietary ingredients that come from Harvard Medical School, that come from our own patents that we think are gonna revolutionize skincare because it's targeting the molecular function of the cells, mm -hmm. not hiding or masking. But mm -hmm. that's the next thing. So we'll have an eye cream and we'll have a general lotion that you can use. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, does everyone who studies this at Harvard Medical School just look extremely youthful? <laughs> uh, you know, you laugh. There is a, there's, I don't know if I don't wanna say there's a coincidence there, but. <laughs> David's lab looks pretty good. <laughs> I would imagine if you guys have all of these tools at your disposal, yeah. you know all the secrets. Yeah, we, we and that's that's why, you know, I we're in the cosmetic space mm -hmm. because we have all these tools, all these secrets, and how do we bring it to the masses as fast as possible mm -hmm. and make an impact on people right away? And we could go, you know, the drug route, we can go some other ways, but the evidence both in vitro and in vivo is super impactful. Mm -hmm. And we decided let's bring it out and have people mm -hmm. be the, the judge of that. And I appreciate that it is so efficient, right? That's the, that's what I'm getting from everything yeah, you're it's, saying. It's very efficient. I mean, when we did the, the clinical studies, hydration increased by 39% after wow. 30 minutes. Wow. After 30 minutes. Wow. Okay, it, yeah. I'm going to need like a giant tub of it. So... <laughs> Yeah. And, and I'll report back. <laughs> and our board members, you know, we have some great dermatologists on board, some great scientists on board and mm -hmm. in the longevity and formulation space. And they're starting to tinker with it in their things. You know, maybe it helps with itching. Mm. Maybe it'll help with, could be used with microneedling to improve the hyaluronic acid efficacy, right? Mm -hmm. All these different things. So we'll keep you updated because yes. all these things are happening. Sign me up on that time. newsletter or whatever, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or text thread, whatever you have. <laughs> mm -hmm. I like to ask my guests one thing we should stop doing and one thing we should start doing that can be as it pertains to skincare, our basic health, aging, anything. Okay. So what should we stop doing? I think we should stop 
looking, I don't want to say for a reason for skin, for your skin issues, but like just saying, oh, I need this to do it. Stop looking for a product to address the issue right away. Step back and think, what am I doing on a daily basis in my lifestyle that could potentially be causing this? And don't look for the quick fix. Everyone wants a quick fix right away. That will come in time if you get a good foundation. And then if you find the good products that work for you, the efficacy and the effect is going to be a lot better if you have a good foundation than if you're just like, well, I just need this now to deal with this. And it keeps working, you know, somewhat you're happy with it, but you're not fixing or addressing the issue. Mm -hmm. So that's what I want people to stop looking for is the quick fix. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, you want to be effective. And what to start doing is looking at your skin as one of the most important organs on your body. No one thinks of your skin as an organ, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the most underrated organ in your body. And I want them to start thinking almost in the same way that what you do to your body that you think of impacts that organ. So what you eat, you know, your time in the sun, what you're around, what you do, drinking alcohol, for example, excessive drinking leads to skin issues down mm -hmm. the road. Mm -hmm. But when you're doing it, you're not thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And you don't think that's what's going to cause, you know, tired looking or aged skin. Yeah. But if you think back and say, okay, how do I minimize these things that I do on a daily basis that I don't think is connected, but they are connected. Mm -hmm. So it's almost the same thing, <laughs> but it's just spun a little differently. Yeah. And it's being a holistic approach or a wholesome approach to, to your skin is, is very important. Yes. I talk about it a lot here. Everybody knows, but I've been sober for nine years. I got sober at 28. Mm -hmm. And after a decade of drinking and smoking and not sleeping well, not eating anything nutritious, I looked weathered. We'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think, yeah, all of these things really add up. But where can everybody find De La Vie and find the serum and all of that? Yeah. So uh, you can go to our website, DeLaViesciences.com. Uh, you can buy the serum there. We'll also be releasing our eye cream and other products on that website as well. It is small batches. I mean, the ingredients we make are proprietary. They're, they're very exclusive and it's a unique process per se. But well, you can just head over to our website and you'll find some more information about the science aspect, the space aspect. You can read about David and some of our board members as well and see some of the clinical trial data. Amazing. Yeah. And some of the pictures that you have on your website, they speak for themselves. Definitely. Yeah. The results. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is fascinating. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. You can go to ariellaurie.com. And I'm always posting about each episode over on my personal page at ariellaurie. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.